0: The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I'm many things and many people. I am the nation. I'm 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shocker around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain, Boys, and David Croft. Lead. Coming to you from the D Town Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Omega Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q. It's Friday, let's play the music, let's go. i when will cease. before. All right. All right, how's it going out there, PCG? Oh. All right, guys, how's it going out there? Today is Friday, Friday, right? January 6th, 2023. Ah, It's Friday. We made it through another week, the first week of the new year. And uh, I'm still here, still alive. Uh, You're welcome. Let me open this water so I have it ready to go. All right. So I got a little show for you today. Uh, Still going to be on current topics because, you know, now that the quote-unquote news cycle has sped back up, you know, from the slowness of the uh, Christmas break, I've got stuff I want to talk about. And um, it's, uh, I don't know, we'll see how long the show goes. It might be 20 minutes, could be an hour and 20 minutes, (laughs) you know, you know. So uh, before we jump into it, I, I basically have, let's see, one, two, three four stories a couple different segments i've got a uh you know i I don't want to get into it you just have to listen they're they're good i got some some ideas some uh things i've looked up kind of centered around this speaker of the house drama and then just some other fun and uh odd stories so to speak but before we get into that, I want to remind you of our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. Now, I will tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm a moron. You guys listen to the podcast, you can be like, what the fuck is he talking about? He's fucking stupid. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm dumb. So, on the last show, which was on the, what, the 4th? I was doing the promo for uh, Christian Lawson, and I'm like, You got two months left before Valentine's Day. And Chris is like, Dude, it's like a month. (laughs) Oh, shit, you're right. (laughs) So, with that being said, go now to christianlawson.com. Check them out if you're going to get something nice for your wife or your husband. Uh, They have plenty of watches to choose from. Use uh, promo code DTOM at checkout. You get 30% off. Your purchase price. Do it quick. So you can get something for your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. For uh, Valentine's Day. And you can be a winner. You don't want to be a loser. You want to be a winner. We can't handle any losers in this state. On this team. We're all on this team. Alright. On with this show. Alright. So obviously, if you guys have been paying attention since Tuesday. uh, We've got some serious drama at the speaker of the house vote. So, Speaker of the House drama day 4. Okay. So, I think they've done 13 votes now since Tuesday and they've all been a no-go for Kevin McCarthy. Now, I think I think at last vote it was two I think there were still 15 short or something like that, whatever. Here's here's all I'm really going to say about that. So, number one, they just held a vote a few minutes ago before I started recording. That, uh, you know, basically, same old, same old. They've adjourned for the day until 10 p.m. tonight. Which is odd, because at 3 o'clock this afternoon, you're going to adjourn for 7 hours on a Friday. So, surely something's going on with that whole situation. And I'll be willing to bet you... At ten o'clock tonight, on a Friday, when no one's paying attention to anything, because that's what happens, they'll they'll get the votes and they'll come in. Because what's going to happen is, I have all the respect in the world for these handful of Republicans that are holding out and sticking to their, you know, to their morals and saying we want these concessions. Um, I guess ultimately what's going to end up happening is McCarthy's going to end up getting in. The people that he's promised whatever to are going to get it. And the people like Bobert and Bo-Bobert, Bo-Bart, whatever, and Gates are going to get shunned. They're not going to get committee assignments and so on and so forth. So, and I had said this the other day, I could see what could possibly happen is them getting to a point. Because I think on this last vote they had, they even had a couple Democrats vote for McCarthy. So obviously, he's making deals now with Democrats to either get them to, uh, you know, say they're present, like no vote, so to speak, which brings the threshold down. And if if they no vote, so they're not voting for Hakeem Jeffries, and that doesn't matter because Hakeem Jeffries has already got the nomination to be the head of the Democratic Party. So no matter what, he's not going to be Speaker of the House. So them not voting isn't going to affect Hakeem Jeffries at all. So, I guarantee you, over these next seven hours, there's going to be deals made, whether it be between Democrats, no voting, uh, Republicans switching, whatever the case may be. By 10 o'clock tonight, you'll have a Speaker of the House and it'll, it'll be more than likely Kevin McCarthy. Now, a lot of stuff circulating about Kevin McCarthy and his uh, connections to the World Economic Forum. Now, I will say this. um, There was something that popped up with, um, with, you know, picture him on the WEF forum. And that was what we call in the business um, fake news. I will say that. Um, But if you go to the... If you go to the WEF forum, to their webpage, it, interest, interestingly enough, says you can you Google. Go to Google. I'm doing this on my computer where I have Google. Kevin McCarthy. Google Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy and WEF, W-E-F, and it pops up. Um, Kevin McCarthy, congressman from Florida, uh, from California, Republican, 23rd District. U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee Majority Leader of the U.S. House of Representatives. So that's a false. It depends on what you, how you want to interpret that. Okay, technically, as of right now, he is the majority. So this was coming out on Twitter and and whatnot, saying, "So oh, look, the Wefs already named him the Speaker." No, that's not what that means. Prior. Uh, Okay, let me put it this way: A month ago, (laughs) okay, he was the minority leader of the U.S. House of Representatives. What does that mean? That means he was the head. Okay, for like Hakeem Jeffries is the minority leader of the Democratic, of the not Democrat. He's the minority leader of the House of Representatives. Why is that? Because the Democrats have the minority, therefore they elected him their leader. So he is the minority leader. You understand what I'm saying? So a month ago, let's say, when the Republicans were the minority, Kevin McCarthy was the minority leader. Okay. Now that the Republicans have the majority, he is the majority leader. Them saying that he is the majority leader doesn't say that the WEF named him the Speaker of the House. That's not what that's saying. I'm not sticking up for the WEF by any stretch of the imagination, but I want to be real in that situation, that they're not calling for him to be... That he, we, we, at the web, Klaus Schwab is saying, "Thou shall be speaker of the house." That's not what that's saying. They're simply saying that he is the majority leader, which he is. Now, I will also say this: if for whatever reason he is not elected uh, speaker of the house, and let's say Steve Scalise is or uh, whoever, then that person. Will become the majority leader So on and so forth Um, Will it not be Kevin McCarthy I would say there's a very good chance That it's going to be him And like I said I think They're going to make deals Over these next seven hours And uh, Whether they get the the Republican votes Or the Democratic sit downs They'll Get it um, You know they're going to get it situated so nonetheless um and basically the only thing i can find on kevin mccarthy and the wef is where he had dinner with klaus schwab where he um uh where was it at discusses economy in davos and i'm not saying that he's i trust me i am not a kevin mccarthy fan okay so i'm not going to sit here and say oh come on guys he's not that bad i'm not saying that i don't trust him I don't think he needs to be speaker. I don't think he needs to be majority, minority, whatever. I don't think he needs to be anything. Just run your business and let's get someone that cares about America. But regardless of the point, I'm going to say this about that. He is no more a part of the WEF than Donald Trump is. Take that how you want to take it. And with that being said, I'm kind of over the whole speaker thing. And I will guarantee you by the next time you hear my voice, they'll have... Speaker McCarthy with the gavel. Now, I did stumble upon this. Now, (laughs) how many of you have ever heard of Supreme Court case number 22-380? Probably not many of you. Now, this particular article and this whole situation, oddly enough... (laughs) <laughs> the interesting thing about podcasting is, I'll say this, when I, since we've been doing this podcast, I've come to find out whether it's stuff I'm looking up or Chris is looking up and sending to me, whatever it is, we've, we have uncovered a lot more stuff. And I'm not saying we're breaking news. These are articles that exist online. You know, it's not like we're breaking these, we're finding these articles. The articles exist. It's, it's stumbling upon them. That's really tripping me out because as as I've been doing this, I tend to understand when there's a holiday, whatever that holiday is, especially like a Thanksgiving or Christmas, when Thanksgiving kind of things shut down for almost a week or at least half the week. And Christmas, it's a, it's a solid week, if not a little bit longer, where everything kind of slows down. And it's not that news... Stops. It's not that things stop. It's just they stop getting reported, and that's why I think in the long run you see a lot of people turning to podcast, independent podcasts, um, independent journalists. Uh, you you look away from NBC, C, CNN, Fox, you know, and you start focusing on these independent and. And you could listen to this podcast, and, and most of you guys that listen to this don't know me from Adam. You know me as Don from Don't Tread on America, right? And that's fine. Um, and I've said this time and time again, I don't get paid for this. I have a full-time job and a part-time podcast, right? And I have a face for radio and a voice for one, too. That's just, just how it is. I've always been told I should have done radio, never really knew how to get into it. But whatever, whatever. Point being is this: um, I've come to find that a lot of your best news—the news never stops, or uh, the happenings of the news never stop. It's the reporting of it that does. And I always want to dig what happened this week, this no, this late November, this late December. You know what I'm saying? And you'll find that stories break that don't get covered. And it's almost on purpose. It's like, oh, like we talked a, a week, couple weeks ago about the uh, Biden second quarter job numbers that, that were a lie. <laughs> you probably haven't heard many people talk about that. And I'm not saying I'm the great PCGC and I'm breaking news. I uncovered this, this scandal. I'm not saying that. But the fact that I can find a story like that and talk to you guys about it. I didn't hear that on I didn't hear that on Fox. Sure wouldn't wouldn't hear it on if I was going to hear it anywhere, anywhere, it would have been on Fox. Tucker Carlson or someone. And I think he did talk about it. But it wasn't like hitting in everywhere. Now, why is that? Obviously because it makes Joe Biden look bad. Makes the White House look bad. So, I stumbled upon this story. This is late November, just this, just this past November, November 24th. So what was that? When was Thanksgiving? Was that the 24th, 25th, somewhere around there? Let me look look at the old trusty dusty calendar, right? So November, look at that. November 24th, Thanksgiving Day. So there you go. This article broke on Thanksgiving Day. And why did it break on Thanksgiving Day? That way no one would know anything about it because news was sparse, on Thursday. And worse on Friday. You see what I'm saying? It's almost like they do this shit on purpose. But here you go. Supreme Court case. Number 22-30. To remove 388. Uh, members of the government. From office. from From government. U.S. government office. Now. Basically. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read this how it's wrote now in plain English. What does that exactly mean? I'm pretty sure it's good news for humanity. We could see repercussions from this waiver as early as next week, per Charlie Ward and Chase Carter. So now, Supreme Court case uh, number twenty two three eighty to remove three hundred eighty eight office holders in the U.S. government. Treason is charged. Now, um, I am not gonna sit, I'm not gonna sit here and read these 388 names because that would be extremely boring. If I just sat here and said Antonio Delago, Val Burton, Gen-, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, Val Demings. So I glanced through these names, okay, and there's a ton of Congress people. There's a ton a chunk of senators and um, they're Republican, they're Democrats um, <laughs> to the point where as I read through this, I'm, I'm, there's not a party. It's not like some Republican uh, said, I want to sue all the Democrats or not. It's not like some Democrats said, I want to sue all the Republicans. Now are all are all the congress people and all the senators in this no so like to me glancing through this i try to just because it's in alphabetical order so i try to look at certain names okay so when you look at senators for example like i i see tom cotton's name in there and with the exception of what happened last or the week before last with the omnibus i'd have been like that's weird but not so much, but like I didn't happen to notice, uh, let, me, let me look before I say this, cause I didn't see it. These names are on top of each other, so you really gotta pay attention. So I'm in the T's, there's the S. There's H. So it goes John Hoven, James Inoff, Ron Smith, Darren Soto. So you notice how it went from I to S. So, no Rand Paul, for example. Okay. Let me see. Uh, I see Robert Casey, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Christopher Coons, um, Tom Cotton, Kevin Kramer, um, Mike Chapo, Steve Daniels. No Ted Cruz. Okay? So, they're not all senators are in this. Um, granted, I'm just looking at two that I know off the top of my head. Now, I will also say this. I see Mike Lee. I see... Um, let me see. I see... It's like a... What was that? Romper Room or something? I see... Mike Lee, I see Todd Young, I see Patrick Toomey, I see Bernie Sanders, I see Marco Rubio, I see Mitt Romney. Um, let me see, who's who's the other con- uh, senator from Florida? Uh, shit, I can't even think of his name, he used to be the governor too, I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, um, point being is this, oh shit, there is Rand Paul, so he is in here, so... So, I mean, they kind of went after everybody. I still didn't see Ted Cruz in here. I was kind of surprised that now that I see Rand and Paul. Anyway, my point being is this. And as you scroll through the list, you get down to right here where it says uh, Joseph Robinette Biden in his capacity of President of the United States, Mike Pence in his capacity as former VP, and Kamala Harrison in her capacity as VP. So... What does it all mean, Basil, right? So this person is going after uh, 388 office holders, Republican, Democrat, uh, Congress people, senators, presidents, vice presidents, ex-vice or ex-vice presidents. So the case has been accepted by the Supreme Court. What does that mean? So this isn't a case that was accepted by your local uh, you know, regional court, you know, this is the Supreme Court, the law of the land. This is your nine justices up on Capitol Hill. Right. What does that all mean? So it's very hard to read on my computer. So I'm going to see. Let me let me move the mic in here close. So uh, Bayland Brunson is the plaintiff. And he's going against Alma Adams, whoever that is. That's the defendant. Um. I wish I could blow this up. Why can't I blow this up? Let me see if I can pull it up on my phone real quick. I can look at it a little bit better. Um So where's it at? Here we, here we are. Blow this up here. And blow that. So a serious conflict exists between decisions rendered from this court and lower appeals. This case uncovers a serious national security breach that is unique and it is first impressions and due to the serious nature of the case. It involves the possible removal of a sitting president and vice president of the United States along with members of the United States Congress while deeming them unfit from ever holding office under federal, state, county and local governments found within the United States of America. And at the same time, the trial court also has the authority to be validated by this court. The authority of the swearing-in in the legal and rightful heirs of the President of the United States and Vice President. In addition, there are two doctrines that conflict with each other found in this case, affecting every court in the, in the country. These doctrines are known as the doctrines of equitable equitable. Maxim and the doctrine of the above principle of the justice. Equitable ma- maxim created by this court, which uh, the lower court used to dismiss the case, sets the direct violation of the court of the object principle of justice, also particularly created by the court and supported by other appeals. So parties to the preceding petitioner Rayland Brunson is the individual representative and the plaintiff. The following three hundred and eighty, so I'm not going to read the names. Obvious, obviously, there's a there's a lot. So what is there? Four hundred and thirty-eight, I think, uh, Congress people and a hundred senators. So that's say four uh, five thirty-eight plus your two VPs and president. So you're talking about five hundred and forty some odd people, right? So, out of that 548, they're going after 388 of them. Um, I just think it's, <laughs> I think it's very interesting. And, of course, we'll know more just because they accepted the, they're going to hear the case. It's not even a, a situation of, oh, they heard the case and um, we'll never hear about it again. This is, I mean, you haven't heard about it yet, but it has gone it has been accepted by the Supreme Court, and it will be heard by them. So, um, Mr. Brunson filed a pro-say civil action in Utah State Court against hundreds of members of Congress, President Biden, VP Harris, and former VP Pence. He alleged that before accepting the electoral votes on January 6th, defendants intentionally refused to investigate evidence. So, basically, it has a lot to do with the with the um, votes In, uh, of the last election, not the just recent election, but the one before. (sighs) What does it mean? I don't know. I mean, it's something we'll have to wait and see. I will stay on top of this because it makes me curious what happens. Okay. It's not a joke. Okay. It obviously made its way up to, you know, um, the regional courts, you know, what it, what it say made it up to, uh, was dismissed by the. Um, uh, I can't think of what it said. But nonetheless. Obviously. Five of the. Of the nine justices on the Supreme Court. Thought it to be interesting enough. To hear the case. Um, I'll say this about that. And I meant to bring this up on the show the other day. So there was pictures and there are pictures and you can look these up of the Capitol currently and there's fencing around the Capitol. no one's talking about this there's a lot of protection around the Capitol. why what's about to happen does it have something to do with this court case does it have something to do with this vote is it a combination of all of the above because what do you think happens let's let's just say for shits and grins that the court you know the this case is going in front of the supreme court they hear the case five out of the of the nine that's all you need five out of the nine say yeah there was some shenanigans in that shit let's those all those votes that happen are done they're, they're illegal they're vo- voided what happens then do they hold another national election for those particular positions? And maybe that's why there's 388 versus 500 and whatever, because maybe those other hundred and some odd people weren't running on that cycle. They just ran this, just this past one. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. I don't know. Um, but it does, does make you wonder what, what the thought process is here. And what happens if the Supreme Court decides in favor of this gentleman? Obviously, five of the Supreme Court justices thought it was interesting enough to at least hear the case. Now, when Supreme Court justices vote to hear a case, they're petitioned in front of the court. You go to court in Supreme, you go to the Supreme Court And you kind of make your case. It's kind of like going to a grand jury to make your case on, you know, we want to file charges against this person for murder or whatever. You basically have to present evidence to the contrary that there is a case to be heard. So whatever Mr. Brunson petitioned the court with was obviously interesting enough to five of the justices for them to say, hmm, this is something we need to hear about. We need more of this. Does that mean that they're going to vote in his favor? Not necessarily. But what happens if if they do? I don't know. I guess that's a situation where we just uh, stay tuned. So on to the next story. News of the obvious. With your host, BCGC. BCGC. Hmm, that was me. So, this story also broke the other day, yesterday as a matter of fact, but the story broke and I think he actually talked about this, yeah, back in December, late December. So anyway, Biden administration quietly admits, shh, quietly admits, canceling the Keystone XL pipeline costs thousands of jobs and billions of dollars. Thus, the title of that story is why this is News of the Obvious. Who didn't see this one coming? Because I think it was he was inaugurated on January 20th, and it was either the 20th or the 21st when he signed that executive order to cancel the pipeline. The very next day, gas prices rose. So, President Biden's decision to revoke the pipelines' permits hurt working families. Families, not families. Families. The Biden administration published a a congressionally mandated report highlighting the positive economic benefits um, the Keystone pipeline would have had if President Biden didn't revoke the federal permits. The report, which the DOE Department of Energy completed in late. December without any public announcement. <laughs> Late December without public announcement. Well, no shit. Everyone's on vacation. Everyone's Christmas and everyone, you know, you, that's why I'm saying. November, huh, Supreme Court accepts case. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanksgiving, <laughs> Supreme Court accepts case. Late December, huh, i.e., <laughs> Christmas. You see what I'm saying? And why is that? Because, shh. To know, even though we all know says the Keystone pi- uh, project would have created between 16,000 and 59,000 jobs and would have had a positive economic impact between 3.4 and 9.6 billion dollars <laughs> let me repeat that 3.4 to 9.6 billion with a B citing various studies. A previous report from the federal government published in 2014 determined that 3,900 direct jobs and 21,000 total jobs would be created during the construction which was expected to take two years. And it was obviously a lot more than that. But immediately after taking office January 21, Biden canceled the pipeline permits effectively shutting down the project. The Biden administration finally opened up To what we have known all along, killing the Keystone Pipeline costs good paying jobs, hurt Montana's economy and was the first step in the Biden administration war on oil and gas production in the United States. Senator Steve Daines of Montana said Thursday in a statement, unfortunately, the administration continues to pursue pursue energy production anywhere but in the United States. These policies may appeal to the woke left but hurt Montana's working families, he continued. I'll keep fighting back until against uh, Biden's anti energy agenda and supporting Montana Energy Project and jobs. The DOA was forced to issue the report after Danes and Senator Jim Rich of Idaho successfully inserted the bill mandating that um, the report into the Infrastructure Investment and in Jobs Act Biden signed into law on November 21. The agency was required to publish the report within 90 days of the bill's passage, but immediately waited more than a year before releasing it. So so, and, and that's another thing. So the, the bill that required this to happen was in November of 21, and they didn't release it till Christmas time of 22. Interesting. Um, in a statement Thursday, the DOE noted. That the project would have had minimal permanent job impacts, but didn't mention the thousands of jobs that were estimated that uh, were estimated during the construction of the pipeline. The U.S. Department of Energy released a report evaluating existing analysts on econ- economy and job effects of the NL por- uh, XL portion of the Keystone Pipeline. The DOE told Fox Digital, it continued, or I'm sorry, it concluded. There were limited job impacts, with proximity 50 permanent jobs estimated to have been created with the pipeline operational. Biden's decision to cancel the pipeline has received widespread criticism from Republican lawmakers, energy industry representatives, who have argued that it would help keep gas prices down and ensure energy security. Keystone XL had been slated to be completed earlier this year and transport an additional 830,000 barrels of crude oil from Canada to the U.S. through an existing pipeline network, according to operator TC Energy. The project labor agreement TC Energy signed in August 2020 with four labor unions promised the pipeline would create 42,000 American jobs and provide $2 billion in total wages. TC Energy uh, ultimately gave up on the project in June of 21 as a result of Biden's decision. Last year, a federal judge tossed a legal challenge from nearly two dozen states, asking the court to reinstate the pipeline's permits. The Department of Energy finally admitted the worst kept secret about the pipeline. Biden's decision to cancel the pipeline sacrificed 1,000 American jobs. To make matters worse, his decision moved the U.S. further away from energy independence, lower gas prices, and a time of inflation and gas prices are drastically impacting Americans' pocketbooks. The president must turn to American-made energy and jobs rather than dictators and, depo- and deposits to fix energy. Right, and he's right. He's right. Yeah. So, in addition to the upwards of 59,000 jobs and 9.6 billion dollars of positive impact in that region, what about the whole United States? Gases, what right now? That <laughs> it rose almost up to what five, six bucks a gallon. I th- I think nationwide, five bucks. I think was the average. Um, now it's down to four, something like that. High threes. I don't know the exact number. And they're bragging about that. Oh look, he's brought gas prices down. But it was two thirty when he took office, and it was it was even less than that before he got elected. And then as soon as he was elected and took office and then signed this, they skyrocketed. So, you know, there you go. So, all right. On to the next story. DeSantis yanks billions from BlackRock. So, in Florida, DeSantis yanks billions in investments from woke BlackRock over ESG investing. So Florida is yanking $2 billion worth of state assets managed by BlackRock. Um, escalating the GOP up with the world's largest money manager over its ESG investment policies. The state treasury will freeze about $1.43 billion worth of long-term securities and remove BlackRock as a manager of about $600 million worth of short-term overnight investments with the goal of giving that business to other money managers in the beginning of 2023. Florida Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Petronas said in a statement on Thursday, Republicans who say liberals are using environmental, social, and corporate corporate governance, ESG, um, (laughs) investing strategies to advance an ideological agenda that would be voted down at the ballot box have uh, lashed out at woke corporations and money managers, pledging to roll back $40 trillion in ESG investing business. So, Florida Governor Ronald Double D DeSantis is a key figure in the Republican revolt, and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink is a frequent target. In August, DeSantis widely expected to challenge former President Donald Trump in the 24 GOP presidential nomination, Pushed through a resolution called, calling for Florida to stop considering the ide- ideological agenda of the ESG moment, movement when investing state funds. I need partners with financial services industries who are committed to the bottom line as we are, and I don't trust BlackRock's Black ability to deliver. Patronus, who oversees the Florida Department of Financial Services and manages about $60 billion in taxpayer money, said in a statement. So there you go. I have to appreciate... Now, I'm going to get on a DeSantis situation here for just a minute. Okay. I have to appreciate what he's doing when it comes to these companies like Disney, BlackRock, so on and so forth. The schools. uh, You'll hear people, oh, that's fascist and it's Nazi. Nazi, he's taking books out of school. You know, that's what the Nazis did. Now, here's the thing. If you want your child to be if you think let me let me rephrase that if you think your child's gay or your boy wants to be a girl your girl wants to be a boy or whatever whatever i i I want to say you have every right to do that your kid you're the parent but i don't know that that's true maybe it is i don't know but it's not a place for school it's not that you shouldn't be able to go to the school library and pick out books on LBG2K, 2YK, whatever it's called. Um, if your kids want to learn about that, buy the book. Go to Amazon. I'm sure they sell the books there. Buy it online. Do whatever you have to do. It's not a place for public funds, taxpayer money, to be funding... The stockpile of books in these public libraries in these school libraries that are going to teach kids how to be gay or how to be trans or how to be whatever. I don't see Bibles in these libraries because God forbid, right? So you can't it's you can't have it both ways. Either they all go or they all stay. Maybe if there was Bibles in there next to these books of transgression you could let them read both of me (laughs) let them decide for themselves but um, the one thing that I will say too is the other day DeSantis was sworn in um, his inauguration right and there was a suspicious yet familiar face in the crowd clapping like exuberantly that was Jeb Bush now Um, some would speculate that, okay, there's been a lot of talk going around, obviously, about DeSantis running for uh, president and opposing Trump. Um, and I'll say this about that, whatever. Um, would I rather see Trump over DeSantis? It doesn't matter to me. I'm good with either one of those. As a Floridian... I'd rather see Trump get it and then let DeSantis finish out his term as governor and then run in 28. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. But what concerns me is there's a lot of talk about DeSantis running and there's a lot of push from your establishment GOP. And that's what I feel like he needs to get away from. Now, my theory... And this is just me being optimistic, I guess. Could it be, I'm just asking a question, could it be a situation where DeSantis is going to use those people to get him where he needs to be and then dismiss them? Possibly. Or is he so hell-bent on being president that he'll do whatever it takes? Possibly. I'll say this about that. Knowing the Bushes the way I do from doing that eight-part series on the Bush crime family, obviously, Jeb Bush was there for one of two reasons. Either he was there because he was a governor of Florida at one point in time, or he was there to, quote-unquote, show support for DeSantis and the good old boys club. Now, does that automatically mean that DeSantis is... Falling in line and being part of the good the good old boys club? Possibly. I hope not, but I'm not saying it's not possible. My optimistic self is hoping that this is one big ploy between Trump and DeSantis to really stick it to the the swamp rats, the establishment, the Union party, whatever you want to call them. Now, I've had this discussion with Chris before and he just rolls his eyes and be like, no, dude, that's, not, that's bullshit. They're all in the same blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying he's wrong. Okay? Chris has probably been more right about things than he's been wrong. It's just a conversation to have that we, we can, him and I can have these conversations. We don't agree 100% on every little thing. We can have these conversations. Sometimes I convince him he's wrong and sometimes he convinces me that I'm wrong. That's just how that you know our relationship works. That's how we get along. But um, would it be interesting? Now I'll say this about that: knowing the Bushes the way I do, with what DeSantis is doing in Florida, from a going against BlackRock and Disney and these corporations, that's not. Black Rock, that's part of the Bush situation. So, kind of makes me wonder. Is he playing both sides against the middle? I don't know. Or was Bush just there because maybe as an ex-governor he was just there? I don't know. I don't know. I guess a lot remains to be seen. And unfortunately, we won't know anything until we know it. You know, kind of is what it is. All right. And for our final story of the day, we're going to do one more of our goofy little segments here. Get off my lawn, damn kids. That's right. This is my get off my lawn statement, or segment, I should say. So I saw this, <laughs> I saw this on, I was watching uh, Gutfeld last night. I was getting ready for work. And I saw this and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I'm going to read the title of this article, okay? And then I'll get into the the get off my lawn portion of what pisses me off about this article. Taylor Swift's cat is worth $97 million and is along, among the world's richest pets. Now... I was telling Chris about this and he said, you read the article wrong. It's her pussy is worth 97. No, <laughs> but here's, here's where I get into the get off my lawn portion of me being pissed off about this. Do I give two fucking shits about Taylor Swift and or her cat? Do I care that her cat is worth 97 million? Cause just, if you read the title, you're like, of course the cat's worth 97 million. She's probably worth 200 million and, cat you know whatever so why is the cat worth 97 million dollars and why is the cat that is worth 97 million dollars the third richest pet in the world <laughs> you would think if if i or you had 97 million dollars we'd be like huh, i'm good i don't give a shit if i'm the richest the third richest, or the poorest riches 97 million dollars to get me through the rest of my life perfectly fine So, why is her cat the third richest pet at $97 million? And and then, furthermore, who's richer and why? These are cats. These are dogs. These are animals. Why are they so rich? And why am I so poor? So, Taylor Swift's beloved uh, glamour puss, a Scottish fold named Olivia Benson, is the third richest pet in the world, according to a new report... From all about cats, La fat cat was clawed together or has clawed together a positively impressive estimate net worth. I'm like puking over this ninety-seven million dollars. Feline fine at number two, with an estimated one hundred million. Is a social media influencer, now at Nala Cat, a Siamese and tabby mix, and then. To do you even better, a German shepherd named Gunther, the 6th, f- the owned by the Italian media corporate company Gunther Corporation, nabbed the prize for the richest pet in the world at a jaw-dropping $500 million. Now, what makes these cats so rich? You want to know what it is? It's fucking Instagram. So... I'm assuming Taylor Swift's cat has its own Instagram. This Nala cat and this German shepherd have their own Instagrams. They have, they have um, TikToks. They have whatever. And she, so it says here, Swift posted a pic of the cat sprawled out on a couch which garnered more than two million likes on her Instagram page. Not Taylor's, but the cat's. It's, um, (laughs) it's insane that you can have a cat that um, I'm just kind of reading through the article so coming in behind Benson the Richest Pet list were Oprah Winfrey's dog Sadie uh, Sadie, Sunny, Lauren, Layla and Luke at $30 million Uh, whatever whatever I mean I think a lot of these have to do with Taylor Swift, Oprah Winfrey but these other two are just a cat and a dog. And for whatever reason. They're worth a dollars million. I, I think my whole thing is. And this is what pisses me off. Is number one. Influencers period. On, on social media. Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And, and what I'm pissed off about. Is I make pretty damn good fucking drink videos. And they're pretty fucking funny. Go check them out at Don't Tread on America on TikTok. I just posted one yesterday. It's already got 1,200 something views. Picked up 26 more followers. Where are you all at? I made a fucking awesome drink last night. It was called Liquid Valium. I'm not going to tell you what's in it. I'm not going to tell you how to make it. Go to the TikTok. That's all I post on TikTok is drink videos. Okay? And with that being said, guys, make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms Facebook, Instagram, tw- um, TikTok at Don't Tread on America. Our website, com. Twitter. D Tom underscore 1775. And the reason I say all of these different things is number one, I, I put those videos up. It's funny. They're funny. Learn how to make some interesting drinks. You might look at them and say, that's kind of weird, but they're fucking good. Okay. Uh, number two, stay connected to the show. And if I can blow up virally versus TikTok or Instagram, whatever the case may be, then maybe I can get some money. Shit. I'm not asking y'all for money. <laughs> All I'm asking for is for for some likes, some shares, subscribe to the uh, podcast app and what you're listening to this on, and share this with your friends. That's all I'm asking you all for. And everything I ask you guys for doesn't cost you a penny because I guarantee you with all the people that listen to the show, you either have a uh, Facebook, Facebook or Instagram or a Twitter or a TikTok, or you could be one of those people that have all four or two of them. Or three of them. Just follow the show. Share this with your friends. It doesn't cost you a thing. You already have the apps. You're already listening to the show. (laughs) Subscribe. I'm not charging anything. I'm not one of these guys with a Patreon and asking for money. Really, my whole goal in this whole situation is this. And yes, this is still part of my get off the long long segment. My whole goal is this. I'm not going to start. We we flirted with starting a Patreon. And it was going to be based around making drinks. I'm not starting a Patreon. Because number one. It costs money to actually start a Patreon. So therefore I would have to pay. To have the Patreon. And then if I didn't get money. It just pissed me off even more. Especially seeing here listening to some of the other podcasts. That have Patreons and get money. It's like what the fuck. So don't worry about that. I don't want your money. I don't want you just to, uh, to, to do a Patreon or a Venmo or whatever else for y'all to send me money. I don't want that. Uh, like I said before, full-time job, part-time podcast is just for fun. If I can make money doing this, great. Do I want to make money from you guys paying me? No. What I want y'all to do won't cost you a penny. You like the show. You listen to the show. Some of you guys even follow us on Facebook. Some of y'all follow me on TikTok. Some of y'all subscribe to the website. And that's great. I love it. All I'm asking y'all for is to share the content with your friends. Share them with strangers. Share it with... You know, if you have a Facebook page and you have 200 friends, share it with your 200 friends. Even if five of them like it and then subscribe and then share it. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. Then, if things blow up cool I can make money that way or I can get more sponsors or whatever maybe sponsors that don't sell expensive watches and stuff but you know it is what it is so that was my get off the lawn segment for today me bitching about social media influencers because it makes no sense to me if I make a drink and it's funny and it gets however many likes and however many views And I can make money off of that, then that's fine. I'm doing a service. I'm showing you how to make a cool-ass drink. Liquid volume. I've made liquid marijuana. I've made peanut butter and jelly. I've made, not sandwiches. This is all whiskey-oriented. So if you like bourbon, a real American drink, legitimately the only drink that is 100% American, bourbon, can't be made anywhere else in this country. It is 100% American-made And that's that. Now whiskey, yeah, can be made wherever. This isn't whiskey. We're talking about bourbon, American whiskey. It's called bourbon. Well, not all American whiskey. No, I'm not. This is gonna be a lesson about bourbon. That's a show for another day. Anyway, um, one last thing. I was going to to do. I'm gonna dig into this, and maybe this is something we can talk about later. But has anyone noticed? biden seems a little different from christmas break is there a different biden i don't know we'll have to wait and see because he seems a little different to me anyway with that being said guys today is january 6 2023 please follow the show on all social media one of the social medias whatever don't tread on america you can find us Share this with your friends, guys. Coming up next week, I will do a show probably Sunday, probably Sunday, and then uh, Tuesday, an odd Tuesday appearance. Tuesday is our anniversary show. It'll be two years of Don't Tread on America. So Chris will be in studio. We're going to do a show, and I don't really know what we're going to talk about. I'm going to be honest with you probably talk about the show the two years different shows that we've done maybe touch on some topics we're going to drink a little bit and we're just going to shoot the shit essentially so check that out subscribe to the show so you get the notifications um and just look out for the shows popping up i'll do one sunday um and the reason i'm doing it sunday versus monday is because we're actually going to record the anniversary show on monday Uh, because of work schedules and then i'll release that on tuesday so please follow the show and i will talk to you again on sunday other than that you have a great day and uh, have fun have a great weekend and i'll talk to you again on sunday